My name is Michael Mowry. I am the director of Chi Alpha. Uh, you don't get to see me up here speaking too often because I'm too busy training a lot of interns to do that. And haven't they done a great job this year? Oh, my gosh. I am so proud of, of you interns. Thank you. And we have a new crew of interns going to be speaking this quarter. First years are coming. <clears throat> I'm so excited. So cool to have uh, Brandon and Mike speaking at the spring camp out, kind of as their last hurrah, second years. Man, this is just a training place here. It's cool to see what God does. Yeah. So, hey, a little bit about myself. We got a couple pictures of some really cool people that I like. The, the one on the left is my wife, Carol. I think she's a babe. And... There's a little babe in her arms who's our granddaughter, Mackenzie, and uh, she is, like, ready for Ellensburg. Uh, she wants to be a cowgirl. Uh, you should see her ride a horse already. She's something else. I, I just love this gal. She is amazing. Is it okay for granddads to be in love with their little granddaughters. Okay, I love this girl. Anyway, so I married to Carol. She, she is an elementary school teacher. Then there's another picture here of some of the other people in my family. Okay, this is Murphy the dog. Uh, <laughs> Murphy lives up in Bellingham. It's kind of dark. Sorry about that. With Cameron and Megan who are married. That's my youngest. And then there, there's uh, Mackenzie again with her mom Jamie and, and Nate, the bearded guy who's my oldest son. And then in the upper left is Evan, whom is available, girls. And then uh, <laughs> there's the rest of us. So <clears throat> could I just tell you a story? I uh, just want you to get to know a little bit uh, about who I am, and I think it will lead into the message. Um, any of you ever heard of Boy Scouts? Okay, this was like Boy Scouts in the olden days, okay? You know, where we actually went out into the dirt, you know, and tied knots and stuff like that. Um, in Boy Scouts, you can earn these things called merit badges, which are basically just a sneaky way of saying you take classes and you learn stuff. And I was on my way to becoming an Eagle Scout, the highest rank, and I got within like three merit badges. But unfortunately, I did not persevere in high school to finish the path, that good path that I was on, Something else happened during those high school days. Now, some of you music majors here might know what I'm talking about. It was called the trumpet section. <laughs> the trumpet section happened to me. They sat right behind me. I was in the trombone section. I was just like a rookie in high school. I don't know what I'm doing. And the trumpet guys were all old, and they thought, okay, it's Friday night. It's after the football game. Let's just see how much of this wine bottle, we can get inside of little Michael Mowry. Apparently, they could get a lot. <laughs> yeah, it was not easy to walk or anything. There's a lot of regurgitating. Anyway, um, that night, thank you for letting me share that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, mm, that night, I really got off course on the good path that I had been on, and it took me a long time to get back. It wasn't until I submitted my life fully uh, to the lordship of Jesus, made him the king of my life a little bit later in high school. 
But mercifully, God knows how to take care of each of us in our own lives. Anybody else gotten off course before besides me? Yeah, it, it just seems to happen. And his strategy later on in high school was this thing called cross country, which is all about persevering. Any other thin clad sort of wandering warriors that go out and run forever? Come on, be loud, proud. Ah, yeah, run forever. They thought we were crazy back then. It was not, like, popular. Um, do you know what else I discovered? In high school, I discovered that God himself, my creator, is an amazing coach, a life coach. And I've learned to persevere in the path that he laid out for me in Scripture. And I have never regretted any time that I have obeyed him. Because it works out way better. Anybody nod your head like you know what I'm talking about. And you know what it's like when you don't obey. And uh, you need a course correction again. I was filled with deep gratitude <coughs> for the privilege of running on his team. From the time of high school all the way till now. He is a great coach. Tonight we're going to start a quarter-long series on the book of Matthew. Do we have like a Matthew slide? Look, isn't Amanda something? Look, at, there's Matthew. This is our series. We're calling it Matthew. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Not math. Matthew. Okay. So, good one. I like that. Quarter-long series on Matthew and the earth-changing message of the kingdom of God. So kind of the subtext is Matthew, the kingdom of heaven, actually, in Matthew's translation. From winter quarter study, remember that? We were in a study called Genesis. We have really original series names around here. We just go light, right to the Bible, we borrow. And boom, there it is. From winter quarter study, we know that God had an original great commission for all of humanity to do. And what was it? It's found in Genesis 1, 26 or 28. So you're going to turn there. We're going to just get this right into all of our heads, you know, because uh, that's all we talk about around here is these couple of verses, right? What's it say? Turn there. It's right on the first page. <clears throat> Genesis 1, 26 through 28. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image. Think about being made in God's image, you guys. In our likeness so that they can rule. To be in the likeness of God is to share in ruling. He made us to be that way. Is that amazing? Then God said, let, let us make mankind in our image and our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea, the birds of the sky, over the livestock, and over all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind, humankind, in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, said to them, be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth, and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the, uh, the sky, and over every living creature that moves along the ground. 
So we have a commission which comes with a rank and a mission. Is that out there up on that slide? Oh, my gosh, this is great. What is our rank? Our rank is image bearer. That is also our, not only our commission rank, but our duty. Our mission is to bear the image of God, to make this earth, this beautiful creation of God, more and more like him. To make it show him forth in all of his glory, from all of our relationships to all of our earth keeping, to all of our politicking, to all of our educating, to all of our familying. Everything is to be God-like. How are we doing? I would say something like, oopsie daisy. So what do we know? What do we need to know to begin our series on the book of Matthew? We need to know what it says on this next slide, that the central message of the entire gospel of Matthew is the kingdom of heaven. Matthew's telling a very important story, the story of what Jesus came to do with all of creation. Jesus came not to do just those few things that some of you who went to Sunday school learned about. He came to remake all of creation in the image of God again, to reboot it because we'd really gotten off course, hadn't we? He came back to restart the process of humans imaging God and making the earth reflect his glory because right now it does not in too many ways, does it? The central message of Matthew is the kingdom of heaven because the central mission of Jesus is the kingdom of heaven to restore the great, to, uh, to restore the original great commission of Adam and Eve's ancestors, you and I, to be image bearers who make this earth beautiful the way God wants it to be. The kingdom of heaven is used in Matthew because of its Jewish audience and the reverence for the name of God. Remember the Ten Commandments back in Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5? One of them was... Yes. (laughs) We'll get to that. Good. Stop murdering. That's good. I love this group. Don't misuse the name of God. Okay, so God's people, the Jewish people, were so reverential of the name of God, they would not even say his personal name. And so that is why Matthew, our author, writing to a bunch of Jewish people, doesn't say kingdom of God. He wants to show respect, and he says kingdom of heaven. Heaven is like a, what would it be, like a a euphemism for God. So just think the kingdom of God in a reverential way, which makes me want to ask myself, and as your pastor, you, how are we doing in our reverence for God? Hmm. 32 times the kingdom of heaven uh, is used in Matthew 54 times the word kingdom is used. It's the most in any book of the Bible. 
Do you think there's a message, a subtitle to Matthew? Yeah. Kingdom of heaven. What is Matthew trying to tell us? He's trying to tell us in his book that there's going to be a regime change. And he has come to change it. The earth is under poor rulership. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it does not look as God intended it to look in the beginning. Jesus is coming to change who is in charge. Matthew goes to great pains to explain that Jesus' mission is to bring the rule of God back to earth. Can anybody say, yeah, that might be a really great idea to have people loving like God loves? Have people treating their communities like God treats us? Having uh, people treat the planet that we live on and its resources like God intended them to be treated? I wonder if somehow... Uh, Even in our country, we've gotten way off course. Even what we teach at this university, that the purpose of life seems to be making money. I'm not sure that that's what God had in mind. Money is simply a means for an economy to work wherein people love each other. Sharing resources in life and building something good together. Yeah, I think we're off on some sort of me, myself, and I sort of scheme. Yeah, that is not God's good intent. So how is Matthew going to lay forth his message for us over this quarter? We're going to see at least three ways. The first is that uh, that, that Matthew makes this huge assumption that all of his readers have a certain background story in mind. Okay, Okay, we don't all have that background story in mind because we aren't Jewish. We were not raised in the faith, all of us. We, we are not just uh, taught from Nehi. The scriptures are not just filling our minds. We don't have all the backstory that is assumed by Matthew. He assumes what his readers already know. Everybody knows something has dreadfully gone wrong with life on earth. Things are not as they're supposed to be. His readers know that the old stories are true. Something terrible happened a very long time ago, and they know the stories. The kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of earth used to be one and the same thing. I'll say that again. The kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of earth used to be the same thing. That is God's original plan. There was a serpent. They know that. There was a temptation. They know that. They even know what the temptation was. Do we even know what the temptation was? I'll give you a clue. It's probably not what you think it was. Has nothing to do with the apple crops in eastern Washington. (laughs) The temptation was to doubt God and to trust the serpent. 
Anyone besides me ever wondered if God could be trusted? Come on. Yeah. Yeah, we all do. Where does that nudge, where does that thought come from? It comes from the serpent who really does exist. Uh, the first two humans were permanently off course the moment they started to doubt God and to trust the things the serpent was saying. You wonder why not only American culture, but every culture on earth is a little bit wonky in some way. All you have to do is, is look at your flat screen and see the news. All I got to do is read or hear what's happening. And you say, man, this is, this is really not good. I'm going to just go play a video game. I know how we cope with all that stuff. It's too harsh. Yeah. The first two humans were permanently off course once they started trusting the serpent. They didn't persevere in the truth of their good relationship with their creator. Yeah. Okay, so that's the assumption. What's the hope? The hope that Matthew lays out and what his readers know is that there is a day coming when God would restore his rule to planet Earth. That's the hope. God will come and take charge again. Yes. 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 This is a longing in my heart. I've lived multiple times longer than you. It doesn't get any better on earth. Things aren't improving, dear one. You notice how I called you dear ones. I really like you guys. That is why I want to teach. This powerful story of the book of Matthew. We need to know that there is ultimate hope coming. God will rule this planet again. Yeah. And there's a hero. And it's not me. It's not you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Our heroine only goes so far. We know our limitations. Jesus comes as the third person of the Trinity, as God himself, to break the control of the serpent over humanity and to claim rulership of planet Earth for himself. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you will see that is exactly what Jesus did. Okay, question time. How is God touching your thinking tonight? Already there's been some thoughtful things to consider, like in what ways might he be talking to you about the stories that you have believed? Matthew's audience knew the old stories. What stories are you believing about what life is really like and supposed to be about? Number two, where might you and I be placing our hope? I know where I've settled and what I have my hope in. Thirdly, 
Who do we claim as our hero or heroes? Who do we look to as those really cool ultimate peeps that we love to be like, well, obviously Captain Marvel. <laughs> yeah. Woo. Okay, no. <laughs> Entertaining story. Really enjoyed the movie. Not putting my hope in her. How many of you guys like Christmas? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Guess what? Matthew begins his story with Christmas. Let's turn to Christmas. <laughs> and we're almost done. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, we start the Christmas story. Don't you love that the New Testament starts with Christmas? Yes. Okay. Verse 18 of Matthew 1. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. <laughs> Sounds like eighth grade health. Um, <laughs> that was one of the most embarrassing classes I ever, ever took in my life. <sighs> and oh my goodness. The man who taught it must have been as old as Father Abraham. <laughs> okay, I'm just having a little panic thinking about that. Okay, it says, his mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Wow. <laughs> because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. Hint, hint, he loved her. He had a mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. Yes. What's that little girl's name in the Christmas? Yes, somebody's. Miracle on, what's her name? No. <laughs> you guys don't even know your Christmas stories. Yes, so-and-so, Santa Claus is true. No. Yes, so-and-so, angels are true. Virginia, yes, Virginia. Thank you, older person. I love you, Becky. Yes, Virginia, angels are true is how it should read. It says right here, an angel spoke to him. Aren't you glad that our God is supernatural? He knows how to get through to us when we really need it. If we're really listening, he can talk to us, even with angels. Wow. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. 
You are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. He will save the people from the sin of doubting God and trusting the serpent. We have thought of sins as something too incredibly particular. Like our moms taught us all sorts of sins. Moms, be careful. Teach your children the sin is to doubt God. Not to fail to clean their room. That's just different. Verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive, give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he woke up and said, behold, I had a dream. And an angel spoke to me. Wow. Something like that. But the way Matthew writes it is this. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his his wife. Joseph was very obedient. And he didn't consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And they gave him the name Jesus, the one who takes away the sin of doubting God and trusting the serpent. Whew. Where am I in my notes? Yeah, Roman numeral three. Jesus grows up. What does he do? We're going to cover the whole book here in like 20 seconds. Ready? It's that. He grows up. He announces that the kingdom of heaven has arrived. He challenges followers to fully submit to his rule And join him in extending his kingdom. He teaches them the ancient ethics of God. And what God's kingdom is like. Like don't murder. (laughs) He promises to return and fully establish this kingdom on earth. He breaks Satan's hold on humanity by going to the cross. And being crucified. And then resurrected. And then he sets us as followers on the path of God again. And restores that original commission of being image bearers. As the king, he now commands us to extend his rule. Roman numeral four. In conclusion. Did I get it done, Tim? You were counting. I disagree. (laughs) Okay. In conclusion, how are you doing on the path that you now know he has set out for you? How's your perseverance? How's your relationship making with God, your image reflecting going? How good are you when you get off course to get back on quickly? So just take a minute And talk through these three questions for a few minutes here as the worship team comes on up now and gets ready to lead us.
in worship.